Startup. While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Barrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow, 508-996-0500. That's how you can join us this evening. We can also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Are my headphones working? They are working. So uh, we can take your calls. We can take your app chat messages here on South Coast Tonight. Um, we've been tracking the city council meeting uh, in the... We've been tracking the city council meeting for um, <clears throat> uh, the three ballot questions. It's taken. That was the first item on the agenda. It seems to have been taken up a, a great deal of time, and it's still still being discussed now. So uh, just for an update, guys, we just got that update on the CPA ballot question. It failed miserably, spectacularly. Um, I should have more adjectives. Sank like a stone. It's done. Just summarily rebuffed. <laughs> you guys know I've been big on that, right? So um, the thing is, is that this. So the Community Preservation Act. We've talked about it. I, you know, it's you know, it's it's a, tens of millions of dollars in in a lot of most of it free money uh, to to cities and towns that opt in, like Fairhaven, like New Bedford, like Dartmouth. In this case, you know, this was New Bedford that was going to take it up. It was proposed by City Council President Linda Morad because she said she got some phone calls from people that said that they were upset about it. She then came on the air and told some thing, said some things about the Community Preservation Act, which upon some cursory fact-checking were found uh, to not be grounded in facts. And so... Like that the CPA had only gotten that had got, the CPA has given out less money because more communities have opted in. We found out that the, the match has actually doubled since New Bedford has opted in. It went from a 20 something percent match to a around 40 percent match. We uh, um, we also found that, you know, they said, uh, you know, uh, basically the amount of surcharge in your tax, one point five. So it's about. On average, $36, $40 for most households. Uh, she said, you better check your tax bill to Brad Markey, who said it was only about 40 bucks on his tax bill. And it turns out that was true, too. 
<coughs> so um, basically, you know, the councils had voted that forward uh, to the most of them had mo- voted to move that question forward. They'd had some time to I, the only the, the only there was, I think, three councils that voted against it. They had some time to think about it. They had they most of them came to their senses and said, hey, we can't do this. Um, it would be bad for us. It would be bad for the city. It would be bad for people. And so they voted against it. They had the good sense to vote against it. They summarily rebuffed Councilor Morad's proposal. Three to eight. Three to eight. Uh, we call that a reverse override. <laughs> right? They needed eight to three to pass it. It ended up being three to eight. Um, Councilor Gomes voted in favor of of putting the question forward. Councilor uh, Morad, of course, voted in favor of putting the question forward. It was her ballot question. Um, it was Morad's ballot question. Um, Councilor Burgo voted. Now, the interesting thing with Councilor Burgo, I, we've talked. I, I've had Shane on. I, I like Shane a lot, and I think he's done a lot to move an important conversation forward on housing. I think, um, <clears throat> but he had. Basically said, you know, he wants, he thinks that the people should be asked about this or whatever. He gave deference to what Council Morad had proposed. That oh, she got some phone calls and whatever. He said, oh, you know, I'll, I'll be. He said, he said I would be campaigning for people to vote to keep the the, the ballot question. Um, so he's decided to vote with them on that. I, I don't agree with that vote. Uh, I think. Coming from a position from somebody who who wants stuff to be done with housing, like Councilor Burgo is doing work, good work with housing. You know, he said he, him and Carl Alves had had organized um, from the home group had organized Congressman Keating to have a really interesting housing forum with a lot of information. I have a story on that on WBSM.com. So, and he had actually said before that he wanted more in, investments from CPA into housing. So it doesn't really make sense to put the question forward. He wanted to stand with Councilor Morad and Councilor uh, Gomes on this. Um, okay, whatever. Uh, but now we can put that behind us. It's been summarily rebuffed. There has been no, absolutely no groundswell of opposition against the CPA. Uh, we haven't heard a single person on this station uh, say they're not in favor of it. We've heard a lot of people say they're in favor of or against rent control. We've heard a lot of people talk about the four-year term. We have heard zero. I mean, on South Coast tonight, we've heard zero people say they're against the CPA. I mean, zero. Zero people say they're against the CPA. And we know that the programming here on WBSM, when there is a there is a salient issue, when there's something that people want done in their community, they're calling in to WBSM. We know that because we've seen action. We've seen the Noah's Park playground, right? The Noah's Park playground, the parking policy that was put forward by Mayor Mitchell and the park board. We saw that people, there was a groundswell and all, a lot of it happened here. This was the sounding board for it. People called into my show. That was on Saturdays at the time. People called into my show, Tim's show, Barry's, Phil's, everyone's show. Called into Ken's, uh, Brian's, um, everyone's show, right? There was all kinds of discussion on it. And... That policy didn't go forward because people made their voices heard. We have heard um, on the pay raises that Council Morad had put forward, the Morad pay raises, the $50,000 pay raises that everybody had an objection to. There were calls for weeks into this station, right? The city council heard from their residents. They 
amended those pay raises from 50% to 25%, right? So we'd heard not a single opposition of the CPA. And in fact, we've heard some counselors say, in fact, that they've heard from their residents that they are upset that the question was going forward. Some counselors have said that after hearing from my residents, after understanding you know more about the program and the good it does, we're going to keep this program. So three to eight, the CPA is 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 here. The CPA isn't going anywhere, um, and I think there was a resounding rejection of that. Frankly, sort of casually. And potentially destructive, casual, casually put forward in potentially destructive ballot question. So, um, apparently, Councillor Morad said, uh, she polled people the last few weeks and most said repeal it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Sure. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, I'm, I'm sure uh, that that I'm sure there was a lot of people that in that in that very scientific poll um, that uh, said that they were very much against it, and uh, you know that they wanted to see it gone. But the fact of the matter is, it's here to stay. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Um, so we'll get more. I mean, we'll hear more from her. You, you want you're going to want to tune into the Tim Weisberg show tomorrow. You you want to tune in every day, but you're going to want to tune in tomorrow. Ten thirty. He has the council president on for for the weekly segment that was a, that that had started last year when it was Councilor Abreu. Now it's Councilor Morad. She brings uh, usually a councilor with her. I believe it's Sean Oliver this time uh, this week. So I'm interested to hear her thoughts. I'm sure a lot of you are going to be too. You're going to want to you're going to want to tune into that segment at ten thirty. I think that's going to be a good one. It's going to be really good and really important. You're also going to want to check wbsm.com later because Adam Bass is doing. Yeoman's work over in the city council, you know, getting that uh, getting that information on the record, getting pen to paper and getting that story up on WBSM.com. But you heard it here first on South Coast tonight. There's going to be more in-depth discussion on WBSM.com. And we'll, of course, be talking about it tomorrow. Um, we'll be talking about it now. We can talk about it today. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. Got an app, uh, got a message from a uh, um Wailing City resident uh, asking, uh, "So where do we go from here?" <laughs> it's a good question. I don't know. I I, I don't. I, I guess do some other stuff, right? Um, uh, bring some ordinances forward, right? Instead of these temperature checks, work on some policies. I'm not saying nobody's been working on policies there. There's been there's been some good work done there in the council, but. Now that we've thoroughly discussed these questions, now that they've been brought forward by the council, they've been discussed or debated, um, and they've been rejected, now it's time to, I guess, do some work, right? And I think there's being some work done. So let's let's focus on that now. Let's focus on the work that should be done to try to improve the lives of the people in New Bedford, right? That's why we have these programs. That's why I have... You know, members of the Dartmouth community, Fairhaven, uh, everybody in the, you know, the Tritown. That's why we have all these people here on WBSM so we can talk about things that are actually going to get done. Not talk about things that are going to be asked about to people, um, seeing how you feel about stuff. The work that will actually get done. 
And so I'm looking forward to more of those conversations. I'm looking forward to putting the ballot questions behind us. But you heard it here first. All three of those ballot questions that Mayor Mitchell vetoed, the vetoes have been sustained. That means as the city council proposed them, those ballot questions, as the city council put forward, they will not appear on your ballot if you're a voter in New Bedford this fall in 2023. They will not appear on your ballot. I don't know if there's other ways that it can appear appear on the ballot. There could be a petition process. There could be something like that. Maybe it'll appear that way. But as the city council put them forward, they will not appear on the ballot. Frankly, I don't think they should. I think if you want to work towards, you know, solving a problem. First of all, I think the four-year mayoral term in CPA, I don't, I don't think there should be anything else done on that. I think that's mostly settled. I like the provision of a of a recall, right? I think recalls can be a qualified recall, right? You don't want to be like Fall River and have a recall every, you know, every two years, right? Have a bunch of recalls and, and uh, uh, I think that's a, a recipe for disaster. But what, but having like some sort of qualified recall that has a high hurdle, right? Where if someone's really, really unfit for a particular office, then you can vote to remove that person, right? You hope it's something that never happens. Recall elections are, are, are nasty. They're ugly. And they look bad for a particular city or town, frankly, most of the time. I'm not saying they're not necessary in a lot of cases. I think they are necessary in some cases. But... um I think that's an amicable solution to the issue if you're concerned about maybe someone ascending to office, the office of mayor, and being unfit and then being stuck for them for four years. Four years is a long time to hold an office. So 508-996-0500, that's how you can join us this evening. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app. I'll tell you what I'm going to do now is I'm going to take a quick break and we get back. We'll uh, open phone lines, open discussion. Welcome back. I'm Marcus Farrow. I'm joined on the line by South Coast Tonight co-host Chris McCarthy. Hey, Chris. Hey, Marcus. Um, I, I had to join you tonight. Um, the uh, it's, it's a big moment in, yeah. in New Bedford politics. It is. Um, a lot of congratulations deserve to go around to the mayor um, and to the individual councils who held their ground and were able to, to build a coalition, right? Um the other counselors that they tried, but they failed. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I hate to point out people's failures because I don't like when it happens to me. I don't. But <laughs> it is part of my job. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, no. I you... wouldn't be doing my job without it. Um, so, I hate I hate look, to do it, but I like to take the opportunity to do it. <laughs> well, look, it, it, look, I cannot be in management's office tomorrow. Yeah. Know, I have to do what I have to do. Of course. You know, so, I, I hear you. I don't like to lose, Mark. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with it, right? So, yeah. Boy, so, some people got really used to it tonight, though. Wow. Wow. He, I, I John mean, Mitchell ran the table. He did. I, Mitchell, John, look, Marcus, you and I had, had on the mayor last night. After he left, we talked on the air with our audience. Sounds to us like John Mitchell's going to run again. Mm-hmm. Sounds to me... You and I both have our ear to the ground. I don't hear any thunder, the footprints of anyone pursuing him. No. I think John Mitchell was just reelected tonight. That's what I think happened. I think so. I I think so too. I mean, that was a res- I mean, he, that was a that he he rinsed. I think this was a standoff between the mayor and the council president. I think John Mitchell rinsed 
um, the council president in this particular situation because this seemed to be the like signature um, initiative so far of council Pre- president Morad's tenure, and uh, it's um, it failed spectacularly, especially on the CPA question. Marcus, there were three opportunities. He won on every opportunity. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he, he did. worked. He worked the council. Now, I have to say this. I mean, really, John Mayor Mitchell put a lot of time into this. He had an answer for every, for every question. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they didn't expect a man of his experience, caliber, and determination to just lay down. I, I, yeah. I, don't, I never understood. Yeah, it's, I, easy, it's, easy, it's easy to do something when you don't have any opposition. I, I thought that was... I hope Councillor Burgo has learned from this, um, that you're better off approaching something straightforward, going to see your opposition, working it out, uh, you know, uh, you as know, opposed to try to get around them. You well, know? well, yeah, because I think, you know, with respect to, to... He means well. He means well. Yeah, and I think he's done some good work. It's just that I, I was a little bit puzzled by him standing, even, even as the ship's think, uh, sinking, right? You know, just sort of strapping yourself to the hull and and voting against that CPA question. It didn't make it does. It still doesn't make sense to me, especially considering how uh, how fervently he said he supported the CPA. To to and now you know that the councilors are are voting that. You know that you're not going to get the votes to pass that, right? You're not going to get the eight votes. It actually went the other way. It was a like I said, a reverse veto override. I, I think to for him to strap the, strap himself to the hull of that sinking ship that Council Morad was cap, uh, captaining. I, I don't know. I, it, it, it didn't. He had a rough first year. Councilor Burgos had a rough rough first term. Uh, hopefully, he can turn it around. Um, look, good policy is good politics. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. And um, hopefully, you know, Marcus, we, we learned something through this conversation. Council Lima went to the mayor. They had a serious conversation yeah. about putting in qualified recall petitions to the four-year mayor's term. Yes. Looks like they're going to get some movement there. Yeah. That's how it works in, in a republic, right? Yeah. It's a, in it's a representative a, democracy, that's how it works. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a compromise and one that uh, meets the, it meets, sort of meets the objective that they were trying to, that they were, that they're saying, well, the, the residents have already voted on this four-year term, right, very recently. We just had one four-year term. There's been no indication that people want Mitchell out of office or even want a two-year term. There's really not been a lot of groundswell around that. So they're saying, well, we are concerned that what if we get a, we get somebody that's drunk, uh, you know, sort of uh, drunk at the wheel, right? right. And we'd like a safety, we'd, we'd like an escape hatch, if possible. Yeah, and one, and I think one that has to be, we talked about this, one that has to be a higher bar than than they have in Fall River. And so, problem, go ahead. The problem, Marcus, is policy by ballot initiative, whether you like the policy or not, is never going to end up being good policy. Yeah. Because, for instance, the, all the little nuanced conversations, which, as a student of the law, you know, that's really what's important, right? The stuff, the unintended consequences, things of that nature. So they, they never gave that any hearing. It was, it was really, it was a government by stampede. 
It was bad. It was bad. Yeah, so with respect to the rent stabilization thing, right? So I was listening to a podcast fairly recently on um, from uh, Commonwealth Magazine, and they had a state rep that was in support of the uh, of the uh, the the rent uh, stabilization uh, uh, law in Boston and the one that's in the state house that was filed, I believe, by Mike Conley. And they talked about there were specific, and there was someone representing landlords, right? And so there was a legitimate debate about stuff like, oh, okay, well, you know, you're worried about this. Well, this is already in the bill to say, you know, this is, you know, oh, you're worried about new developments. Well, the first 15 right. years of a building actually isn't the, the rent control uh, doesn't apply to the first 15 years of the building. So you don't actually have to worry about new developments because we know that, you know, there's like a lot of nuance behind that here. I, I think that is a more fruitful endeavor to try to move that policy forward if you want than, than, uh, let's just ask people stuff. You know, it, it just, it doesn't, it, it's too complex of a policy to, to just try to do a temperature check instead of actually doing the, 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 you know, the grind of the, the policy work. The, the danger of this, Marcus, is that it was so spontaneous, so, li- so much, so little discussion Yeah, that, as the mayor pointed out, the big winner tonight, the mayor pointed out, he was afraid, legitimately so, this could freeze future investment. Yeah. That people are going to be afraid to join the New Bedford market with their investment capital. So the other, the other thing that we may see now, and we talked about it, Tom Kennedy brought it up, who was a supporter of this. He brought it up to Councilor Burgo on our program. He said... What do you do now that landlords might just raise the rent because yeah. they're afraid of rent control? Right. Now, really, by this 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 really spontaneous, ill-planned uh, initiative that came from a good place, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I believe it. I agree. Um, may have some very serious negative effects on the renting population of New Bedford. Um, as landlords answer back, scramble to make sure their investment is per- is preserved. Well, that's the thing. Uh, that the, the banks may may the banks may require landlords to do things that they never thought about doing. Now, again, unintended consequences. Yeah, I, I think the discussion without any real nuances is is, is again it, it makes and and, and, and slapping it. Uh, you know, just sort of slapping it together with those two absolutely silly and even less. Well, Marcus, you're making a great point about that. That they 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 took. Well, first of all, every one of those questions had serious policy implica- implications. Oh yeah. None of them should have been lumped together like that mm-hmm. in a short period of time. It made it made a mockery of all three very legitimate issues. Yeah, and, I, and 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 like I said, with the CPA question especially, I didn't even know about it until Adam Bass came on and said none of us did. There was no press release. There was no conversation about it. There was no discussion about it in the uh, on on the weekly segment with on Tim Weisberg's show about like, oh hey, this you know this very successful program that gives that's given New Bedford fifteen million dollars of leveraged funds. Yeah, we're thinking of actually just doing away with it because I, I got some phone calls. And, uh, you know, some people want it. And now apparently I'm hearing that the council president said that she polled people um, and most of them said they wanted to get rid of it. Um, she didn't so. poll her members, that's clear. <laughs> the, um, yeah. You know, the, the reality of it, market is that having such a tremendous defeat 
Yeah. It's going to put these city councils in a tough position to get reelected. If I was a, if I was a challenger out there, I would be knocking on doors tomorrow morning with my nomination papers, which by the way are available. Um, because right now they, they really look weak, ineffective, and in fact, particularly with the rent control, may be responsible for raising very vulnerable people's rent. It's outrageous. Really, really is. Yeah, it, it just was very, like I said, casually thrown together. It wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, uh, there wasn't the, the real, like, grinding, tough legwork of, of, of policymaking that makes really complex policies like rent control. Even the four-year term, we talked about this. Like, if that's something that people really want to revisit, they can because... That was brought because there was a lot of leaders in the in the business community and even in the political community that had banded together and petitioned. They signed a petition. There were right. there were lawn. I remember there were lawn signs. There were there were visibilities and actual. Those questions require an actual campaign. The same thing with the CPA. We talked. I remember I was I was right. saying it earlier. Hugh Dunn. He was telling me that he knocked doors for the CPA. He went out there and canvassed. That is. That is policy work. That is campaign work that needs to be done for these serious issues. Marcus, the um, as we as we as we come into the election season, these counselors um, have to think about it this way. If you're out there right now having a hard time paying your rent, just remember, you get elected to the city council. It's fifty thousand dollars and your health insurance. For the next two years. <laughs> right. So, yeah. really, if you're having a hard time paying your rent, you wanted rent control, you won't need it if you get yourself elected to the city council. So, I think people really need to think about Chris, what's going on in the city. Chris, and after all, go see the mayor because he's got the big mo right now. Chris, now conversely, right? So, there was a rally outside of, um, there was a rally outside of City Hall. Uh, a lot I don't of... speak Russian, so I didn't understand it. But go ahead. <laughs> no, <laughs> there was a rally outside of City Hall, and the people that were involved in that rally have uh, some of the people involved in that rally have had success. Really, uh, have had really good success electing more progressive members of local elected bodies, like the Coalition for Social Justice, and you know the Bristol County Sheriff, and you know members of the City Council, members of the state delegation. Now. Is the is the inverse true? You said there could be people campaigning on uh, the people who maybe voted for the rent stabilization question. But is there is the inverse true? Are there going to be people voting uh, campaigning uh, against people who voted against the ballot question, who voted to keep I think that it's off the ballot? Possible, Marcus. Marcus, I think it's entirely possible, and that's what I love about New Bedford uh, because people don't give up. Just because they lost an election or two, right? Yeah. You look at you look at Brian Gomes. You look at uh, Ian Abreu. You look at um, uh, the people on that city council who've gotten there because they lost a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Linda Moore had lost when she from she came back to city council. Yeah. I mean, just because you've lost the Coalition Social Justice has won and they've lost. Yeah. Um, you know, I know they lost the Soviet Union. But I'm sorry, but. I mean, a lot, they've, they've, but they've had some big victories. They got Haru elected yeah. uh, with the help of the billionaires from New York. So I would agree with you that, that they are going to come back. Um, I don't know that their, that their brand is as strong as they would like it to be. But then again, I know, I know and I admire them for never giving up. I think they're a formidable opposition in the city. They, um, I agree. They never give up. 
Yeah, I agree. So I think you you might you may see some more um, progressive candidates now campaigning uh, campaigning. Look, I think on Eric this Andrade issue. ought to run. Eric Andrade ought to run for councilor at large. Yeah, I think he would have done a much better job than the than the people who were supporting rent control did. He wouldn't have done it like that. Eric Andrade's a serious guy. He would have gotten out there. I mean, I saw him with his Jose Soler T-shirt today. I mean, that's a serious guy. He, he um, Eric Andrade ought to have his nomination papers running out large. He would have done a better job than Burgo. I, 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 I really, I, I well, I, I think that it's an opportunity to. I, I think you know, for a guy like Eric Andrade or, or somebody in that um, in those groups to campaign along with. Councilor Burgo on these issues saying, hey, listen, it didn't work this time, but we're we're building a coalition. We're going to do the work. And maybe not even, like I said, if you want this to happen, right, this is something that's going to, you've got to understand, I think, a couple things. One, this is going to take a very long time to build any meaningful momentum towards because right now, that home rule petition that's coming from Boston, which is a much bigger political power than New Bedford is, is still languishing in the state house and will continue to do so. Right? Marcus, so, if people want rent control, if they want to live live in a world of rent control, I've got a, a foolproof answer for them. Save up your money, work a little harder, buy a plane ticket from Miami right to Havana. You can have all the rent control you want and all the palm trees you want in well, beautiful, sunny Cuba. Well, well, so... Um, so uh, red, Nicaragua. Well, well red, red baiting aside, Chris... Uh, if you want to do the, if you want to do the policy, but if you want to do the policy work, I think that's the, the way to build momentum is to have the conversations, have the forums. And I think that's how you can move forward with the issue. But again, you just got to understand it's well, going to no, take you years. You and I both know it's never going to get to the legislature. The governor's never going to stop. As it currently stands, it won't. But again, that's how right. you, you, it's, it's, well, I'm saying, it's work. It takes a long time. A, no, you'd be much better off of moving, moving to, to Nicaragua or Cuba. <laughs> but look. I like the conversation. I like the idea um, of debate and the back and forth. And so, uh, absolutely. And by the way, these aren't the only policy questions that are going to come up in the future. Yeah. There are other things that are going to be on the, on the ballot in the form of candidates, ideas. You and I are going to have a lot of can- every, the candidates in to talk. So... I'm looking forward to a robust election year. Yeah, I think it's. I think there's going to be. I, I think with this happening, there's going to be. You know, it's going to be a central central campaigning issues for a lot of people that are going to um, that are going to campaign. I know that so far, you know, we've got war, former Ward Six City Councilor Joe Lopes. Uh, he's campaigning for Ward Five City Councilor Scott Lima seat, which now Lima make uh, count. Uh, uh, they they he may. Uh, run for at large, and so I know Council. I know Council. Uh, former Council President Lopes. He said he's against the. He was against at least two of these ballot questions. I believe the CPA, um, and the four. Uh, I believe the four-year term, and I think the uh, the the rent control question as well. So, um, I you, you're gonna. There's at least some people that are gonna have a position on this that are that are going to be serious contenders for office. I absolutely think so. I, I um. I think that. Whatever you, you know, whatever we've just said about the council, they have opened up further discussion. Yeah. They didn't want to have further discussion. They wanted to get some changes done. Yeah. But they didn't do that because they waited till too late in the year, too late in the cycle. Um, they, the election came upon them. They had very little work and on housing. So they sprang this question and the mayor 
Um, we've seen it all over the city, Marcus. People texting pictures of people getting the ball slammed in their face in the NBA, right? I mean, that's the <laughs> meme that's going around tonight, right? Yeah, the, it, I've seen it. Yeah, the 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 the, uh, the blocks, you know, like that the famous blocks. the famous LeBron James block on Andre Andre Iguodala is what I remember. You know, he thinks he's got an right. easy layup, and then. Bam, you know, right. pinned against the backboard. Um, that's that's essentially how this ballot question debate has has gone down. It's it is it has failed. There is going to be, I think, uh, I think there's going to be some spirited responses to this on both sides of the uh, of the debate. I'm, I'm really looking, I'm really looking forward to that. But again, I, I don't see as as it stands right now, this can I think only be construed as a win for Mayor Mitchell. It, John Mitchell. Is, is rolling into election season the strongest I think he's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, he has no opponent. <laughs> yeah, right. There's no opponent on the horizon. No. Um, I'm not saying he's infallible, but he has delivered. And he won his agenda in a body that has been hostile. I mean, really, Marcus, how did he flip so many votes? When when the when the, some of the when his opponents in the city council have the same opportunity he had, right? It was, ama- it was an amazing piece of piece of policy, really, on three separate, seemingly different issues. So amazing, yeah. So so um, yeah. I I, I really it's 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 kind of it's it's pretty stunning how the how the whole thing how the whole thing went down. Um, I, you know what. In, in the way of port, I, I guess we'll have more like po- post mortem on those questions. But anything else that that stands out to you, uh, other than the things that we've discussed on, on this issue? Well, I would say, thank God for talk radio. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, talk radio and the people have been the big winners here. I think that, you know, this has always been a sounding board for local issues in the South Coast and a pretty effective one for people to make their voices heard and and really effectuate some change. Um, and, and I if think we needed and thank God for the city council for getting the conversation off Tucker Carlson's career. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, so. Uh, Chris, I'm, I'm looking forward to hear what the callers have to say, Marcus. I, I am too. Um, right. So let's uh, let's 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 break, and then we'll. All right, I'll I'll be in tomorrow night. All right, sounds good. Thanks, brother. New Bedford's news talk station, fourteen twenty WBSM. Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. Welcome back to South Coast Night. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hello. Hi. Hey. Yeah, I've been listening intently. Well, good. And I have a take on it. Um, Sure. For me, what it is, is it's a scare. That's why we're going to be talking about it. For eight months, seven months. It's a scare. It's for mom and pops that our landlords to freak out, get scared, panic, and sell. So that people from Boston's money can rent out to friends from Boston's money on the cheap. It's a push to take over real estate by using fear. Now, you would say, well, you know, a lot of older people, if they do have 
a property that's they're going to get out. They're just going to get out of the market. Yeah, because they already can't get by too good now. Yeah, so it, just talking about it for eight months, we'll put them in a realtor's office and sell. To, to another absentee landlord or something who has Boston friends who are going to be living in those places. They're now landlords of um, mom and pop, grandma and grandpa. And that's just what it is. And that's why we're going to talk about it till the end of this year, to scare people into selling. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think there was concern from Boston, you know, or, or you know, uh, developers well, in the Boston area. you can Boston all you want, but I'm just telling you, you got too many absentee landlords now, and all the complaints I've been hearing about bad landlords and stuff, it's absentee landlords. There should be a list put out telling you who your absentee landlords are, how much property they own, what they charge, and what the complaints are. Absentee landlords have been a huge, that. absentee landlords have, yeah, absentee landlords have been a huge issue for sure. They have been. Of course. Yeah. It's part, it's, part, it's part of the whole deal. It's part mm-hmm. of the scheme. It's it's just like when you give the Indians the um, the uh, the uh, poison blankets, the typhoid fever, whatever it was back then. It's a small, gift. Uh, it's small, not a gift. Smallpox. Smallpox blankets. The train is running you out of New Bedford. The train's putting you right out of New Bedford if you're marginal to begin with. So you're going to stay disenfranchised for another 100 years. Keep voting Democratic. Well, uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Um. No, I mean, I think the, the, the proposal scared people. Here's the thing. I, I, I've, I've been saying this. I don't think it's, I don't, it's a legitimate conversation that's been had in other places and it's passed, uh, it's uh, the rent control or rent stabilization and it's passed as statewide, uh, there's been statewide laws passed, like in Oregon, for example, in some cities, I believe New York has, uh, rent control. So, and Boston's going to have it. I think there's, there's, you know, it's not like it's not an illegitimate policy proposal. It's just one that's going to take years. Of work and uh, it's, it's got an uphill climb, but the way this was just throwing all these questions blithely on the ballot was never the way to do it. I don't think five oh eight nine nine six oh five hundred. That's how you can join us this evening. We can also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Um, I've heard the New Bedford Festival Theater production of The Wiz at um, at the Zyterian was excellent. Someone told me you just attended. I just got a message on that. So uh, I guess if you uh, plans this weekend, you can go to the Wiz. Um, uh, but go Saturday so you can listen to South Coast tonight on Friday. We'll we'll have a we'll have a good show for you guys. We'll have um we'll have uh, I know State Rep Chris Hendricks is going to call in. He's, uh, you know, they're, they're doing budget week up at the state house. So he's going to talk about some budget priorities, some things that are going on in Beacon Hill. Um, we have, uh, Adam Bass call in to talk about his reporting in the, uh, in the city council chambers. That meeting, as far as I know, is still going on. I think, uh, the last two, three hours <coughs> have been debates about the rent control question or rent control. I mean, the rent stabilization question, the CPA question and the, uh, the two to four year mayoral term question. So there's a lot to talk about. Let's let's take a break and then we'll take your calls at five oh eight nine nine six oh five hundred. To add to the um to the victories that Mayor Mitchell secured tonight, Carol Pimentel is Vogue Tech no, uh, is nominee for the Vogue Tech School Committee. You know that whole admissions debate and all of that that's still going on. There's a federal lawsuit. His school uh, his school committee member, Carol Pimentel, who was um 
who was initially uh, rejected and treated fairly poorly by some counselors in the chambers. She was confirmed. Uh, the vote was uh, taken off the table by Burgo. It was seconded by Oliver, and the vote passed 6-5 to five with Counselor Oliver, Burgo, Baptiste, Gomes, and Lima um, uh, voting in uh, voting in favor. Um, so Oliver, Burgo, Baptiste, Lima, and Markey. Um, so that's, that's the, that's what I've gotten from somebody inside the, um, in, uh, in the meeting. So, uh, geez, I mean, <laughs> victory for Mitchell. Uh, oh, good evening. Good evening, Marcus. How's it going? It's going. Marcus, I know when you're hot, you're a liberal. So I'll read this to you. Okay. If a free society cannot help the many who are poor, then it cannot save the few who are rich. John Fitzgerald Kennedy, 1960. Have a nice night, Mark. Thank you very much. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I've always been uh, very interested, actually, in the life and uh, and and career of of, uh, of JFK. I uh, I got really into it, actually. I got really into it in, when I was in law school because 2013 was the 60 year anniversary of his, or is it 50 years? Because it was 1963. And yeah, it was the 50 year anniversary of, of his assassination. So I'd gotten really into it. And in fact, actually before the bar exam, before I took the bar exam, cause I took it up in Boston, you can either take it in Boston at the convention center, or you can take it in Western mass. I took my, I took it up in Boston before I went up cause you, you, you get a hotel and you stay there and all that. I got a hotel the night before. So on the way up there, I stopped by the JFK, uh, presidential museum, uh, in, in, uh, in Boston, uh, just to sort of get a little pre-bar inspiration, and uh, I've always been really fascinated by JFK and his legacy. So I do appreciate, I do, um, I do appreciate that. And actually, I was in Hyannis uh, uh, for a wedding um, last uh, August, and I went to the because there's a there's a Kennedy Museum in uh, Hyannis, uh, Hyannis as well. That's a lot, you know, has a lot to do with the Kennedy family in, in Hyannisport. In fact, I had the um, that famous it's a Barstool Sports t-shirt, the JFK summer shirt where it's, you know, he's on the boat and he's smoking the cigar and he's got the newspaper with the sunglasses that says summer on it. I had that shirt. I was wearing that shirt and I was at a, a we were at, we were at a bar in Hyannis afterwards after the wedding and everybody, it was a hit. I had so many people coming. I love that shirt. I love that shirt. It's so cool. So his legacy is still pretty strong there. Um, in his old home of uh, of Hyannis uh, of Hyannis in Hyannis Port, the uh, the uh, the Summer White House, they call it. So very interesting. I do appreciate that. Feel free to always call in and give me some Kennedy quotes. Um, uh, you'll have to do that tomorrow uh, Friday because we run out of time. Thank you uh, to everybody who called, to everybody who listened today. Thank you to Adam Bass. Uh, thank you to my other friends in the chambers that uh, have been giving me some updates on what's going on. And that's how we're able to get those uh, reports to you. So we appreciate that so much. And we're going to uh, we're going to talk to you tomorrow with Chris Hendricks. Uh, Chris Hendricks is going to be joining us. We're going to be talking about these ballot questions. We're going to be talking about a whole lot. You know, our Friday night shows are always really fun and interesting. So you're going to want to tune into South Coast Night with Chris and me on Friday. Thanks so much. I will see you guys tomorrow. Happy uh, 